Hey there, friend. It's Clarissa, founder of Blossoming Fertility and the host of the Fertility Friends podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I know the path to motherhood isn't always easy, and you don't have to go through it alone. After experiencing my own fertility challenges, I discovered a passion for helping other women because I believe that everyone's fertility journey is unique and beautiful in its own way. As your new fertility friend, I'm here to support you through the tough times, to encourage you to keep going, and to restore your belief in your body's ability to get and stay pregnant. Grab your cup of tea, get cozy, and join me here each week for education, heartfelt conversations that'll warm your soul, and inspiring stories to help you feel seen and understood along the way. Listen in, because this one's for you, my friend. Hey there, welcome to episode three of the Fertility Friend Podcast. Today is the first of many guest interviews, and for this episode, I sat down for a chat with Caitlin Townsend. During our conversation, Caitlin shares a behind-the-scenes look into her personal fertility journey. She's also a trained chef, so of course we had to talk about food, but we also touched on the importance of community and some tips for living your best life now, not just when you get pregnant. So before we get started, let me introduce you to Caitlin so that you can get to know her a little bit better. Caitlin Townsend is a functional nutritional therapist and fertility coach who helps women struggling to conceive get pregnant naturally. She's on a mission to create vibrant mamas and healthy babies. Through her own struggles with unexplained infertility, it led her to go back to school and find the answers she so desperately needed to heal her body. Caitlin, along with her business partner, Drea Cloak, founded the Nest Fertility, which is a mentor program to help women live their best lives now while trying to conceive. She's been featured on multiple podcasts, such as The Hormone Puzzle, Infertility and Me, Better Health with April, and Get Pregnant Naturally. Caitlin's also a trained chef and has hosted many fertility cooking classes virtually and at her farmhouse. When she isn't geeking out about all things fertility, you'll find her in the gardens of her lovely farmhouse or cooking up something tasty in her kitchen. I really enjoyed this conversation and I know you will too. So without further ado, let's listen in. All right. Well, hi, Caitlin. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Um, why don't we go yeah. ahead? Thank you. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and start with um, just telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe life before your fertility journey? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So it's always like, tell about yourself, but not life before. So I really love that question. Um, so I actually um, went to school. I went to the Culinary Institute uh, to become a chef. And so food has always been like a huge passion of mine. And then um, I moved to this tiny little beach town and met my husband and my mom and I started a gourmet market. And so, you know, we worked together and everything. And after my husband and I got married, we decided to, you know, start a family and, you know, of course nothing happens. Right. So um, my fertility journey really started to begin there. And as food was always a passion of mine, I didn't find any of the answers from the doctors. They just kept saying, you know, uh, you're perfectly healthy, you're fine, you just need to go and do IVF. And that just did not sit well with me at that time. So I ended up saying, okay, you know, I know a little bit about food, but let me go and advocate for myself and dive deeper into my health and try to figure things out. And so I went back to school and became a functional nutritionist and was able to really marry those two backgrounds of 
a passion for food into like a more food as medicine kind of approach. And lo and behold, there were lots of things that I uncovered between myself and my husband that really needed to be worked on for sure. Love that. I definitely want to dive into that because I'm kind of curious, you know, what were maybe some of those barriers you ran up against? Um, when I want to take it back though, just for a second, when you felt that you were finally ready to start trying, um, what was it about that time in your life that just really, you felt compelled to be a mom? Um, what, what was your headspace like? What did that moment feel like for you? Yeah. You know, I just thought my husband and I were very relaxed about it. We weren't like, um, you know, we need to track and do all of this and ovulation predictor kids. I don't about any of that, you know, which I think. <laughs> Probably most people don't know anything about it unless they really have to delve into their fertility. And so, um, you know, other people in my family started having children and then they started having more children and more children. And it was kind of like, wow, you know, what's what's taking us so long? And, you know, really kind of then stepping into that um, pool of fertility and figuring things out with all the you know, it opened up like a whole space of like, wow, I didn't know that this is how your cycle works. And this is how your body works and just looking much deeper into it all. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm trying to think too. So you start feeling ready. Okay. You start actually trying. How long was it before you felt like, okay, maybe I need to look into this a little bit further. Like how long had it been when you started to question, like maybe things aren't working and I need to, you know, it really, it, because like I said before, we were very relaxed about it. So it really probably was a couple years into our fertility journey where I was like, huh, like, let me do some more, um, you know, invasive testing and, you know, go to the doctor and make sure my fallopian tubes are clear and, and do all of those kinds of, um, you know, specific tests. Um, before it was just, you know, very casual for a few years, actually, it was pretty, pretty casual. And we didn't really think anything of it until like, it started to be a few more years. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, let me, let me go back to school, figure this stuff out myself. And since nobody really had the answers for me, they just kept saying, oh, you're healthy, you're fine. And, you know, just the next steps are IVF. And that just like, wow, that's kind of drastic. <laughs> Yeah. From like point A to point B, that's just, yeah, a huge turnaround. Do you think, or how did your mindset change, I guess, at that point, because you had approached it in such a relaxed and kind of calm, easeful way. And then once they were like, okay, something, we don't know what's wrong and we want you to go this IVF route. How did your mindset start to sort of change? That really irritated me. I was really upset that they, no one could take the time to really dive deeper into my case and my history. And So I think that kind of sparked a little fire in me to say, all right, if they're not going to take the time to figure it out, I'm going to have to take the time to figure it out. And that's when I actually, I went back to school, became a functional nutritionist and it like opened my eyes to, oh my gosh, like this health piece is so amazing. And women's health is just like, you know, so cool. And I I really, really loved it. And I loved using my background with food to say, you know, you can live a healthy lifestyle, and it can be delicious. And, you know, you can still have that passion and all of those, you know, wonderful things that you're putting into your body and make it really, really pleasurable. Mm, I love that. I feel like so many people forget about the pleasure side of things with fertility, too, because there's a lot of fertility diets out there, right? There's a lot of things about 
go gluten-free and go, you know, dairy-free and all of these different things. And maybe they work for certain people. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think we lose sight of that pleasure in nourishing our bodies, right. And feeling that passion in what you're eating. So um, I love that. And I love the fact that your chef training actually you have that skill set that maybe a lot of us don't have. So yes. we to learn from you because I'm I'm not the best cook, that's for sure. Yeah. And then I just loved, you know, teaching other people about it too. And I think it kind of made me irritated that maybe we didn't learn this stuff in school. We didn't mm-hmm. learn on our bodies or our cycles or our health as much as we should have. And I was like, wow, we should have been learning about this literally in high school as teenagers. And maybe I wouldn't be in my at that time, I was in my early 30s, just learning about my body, you know, during that time, which is just crazy to me. So um, I was like, I don't want anybody else to have to suffer as much or go as long as I did. And, you know, like this is knowledge that's very critical for everybody to have. And then they can pass on to their children and their children. Yeah. Kudos to you, too. I feel like the fact that you really trusted your intuition that the IVF route wasn't the right path for you. I feel like a lot of women sometimes maybe feel very pressured because of their age or because of the timeline that, okay, this is the only route. There's no other way for me, but you really paused. You listened to your gut. You took a step back and you thought, you know, there's gotta be a different way. There's nothing medically wrong with me. Right. So what is the cause here? What's going on? Why am I not getting pregnant and taking the time to really question that and, um, go inwards instead of maybe relying on an outer source to be able to help you get pregnant. I think that's, that's amazing. I don't think a lot of women um, take that time to really listen to themselves. So just wanted to commend you for that there. Yeah. Well, and I do have to add the caveat as, you know, I was on my fertility journey for quite some time for many, many years. And at the end, you know, I had tried everything and I'm a really natural person. So I do like doing things really naturally. Um, But then at the end, you know, I did have that point where I said, okay, we've done everything that we can naturally. um, And so we do need to go and do IVF and it, and it was the right moment for us, you know? And so, and I have to say with all of the hard work that we put into our bodies and, you know, all of the different lifestyle changes that we made, the IVF process was so much smoother than I anticipated and it worked out really well and it worked out on the first time. So, um, was, you know, kind of where our path led us. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's really sometimes just that timing, right? You, you were ready for it. You really pre- took the time to prepare your body, maybe get mentally ready for that too. And, yes. and it worked. So I think that's amazing. That's really an incredible story. And um, so the length of time, it was a total of seven years. Am I right? Yes, that- absolutely. Wow. Okay. Long time. <laughs> Long time. Yeah. And I think, how did you, how did you cope with that? Just knowing that that was ultimately your end goal, but you know, it wasn't happening year after year. Yeah. That's such a good question. You know, I think of course, during that time, which is such a long time, I went through all of the emotions, all of the different um, ups and downs that you do experience when you go through this, this type of journey, when you see other people that are getting pregnant so easily and don't have to struggle and don't have go through, you know, all the trials and tribulations and money and finances and everything. Um, Of course, I had my my ups and downs throughout it all. But I always tried to um, get myself out of that space. So I I let myself feel those those, you know, deeper and darker feelings um, and process through them. But then I really was like, I don't want to live in this in this world, you know, of sadness and depression. Um, you know, my life is more than just fertility, my fertility journey. It's a lot more than just that. 
Oh, yeah, that is so true. And that's, that's a really, really meaningful statement because I think we get lost on the journey sometimes too. And we start to become maybe a different version of who we used to be and who we want to be ultimately as a mom. And as we um, go through that pregnancy journey. So yeah, I think that's really meaningful to say I can be happy now, right? I can live a meaningful, fulfilled life now, even though I'm not pregnant yet, even though I haven't had my baby yet. So I know that's part of what you're trying to do right now with your business, right? Do you want to go into that a little bit more about just that purpose and what you're yeah. up with other women or other women? Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so my business right now is I am a functional nutritionist and I do specialize in women's health and, you know, I have this special love for women who are going through um, fertility and, you know, are working on their hormones or their gut or all different kinds of things. But what I wanted to do is since, you know, my business is with one-on-one clients, I wanted to really open the space up and I called my friend Drea and, you know, decided to do this as a partnership. And what he created was the Nest Fertility. And it's a space that I really wish I had had when I was in the thick of it. Um, and it's it's just really a community to, you know, gather those that are on the journey um, so that you don't have to suffer as much. It's kind of like a one-stop space for everybody. Because I remember the countless hours that I would spend on Google researching this product or that diet or this particular thing. And you know, this cycle tracking method, you know, all the different things that I really wish that there was one space to contain all of it, right? Like all of the the great products, you know, um, the particular things that, you know, are the best for your body and also a safe space for women to gather who have like-minded people around that. That community aspect is so important, right? I'm sure there were times during your journey where you just felt so alone and that you couldn't people you mentioned too right that everybody around you was starting to get pregnant and have their babies that can be a really isolating time I think for sure and you're you know oftentimes people who have not been on the journey they just don't know what to say and they don't know yes maybe the right words to use even though they feel your hurt and different things like that they just don't really know say. And so we wanted this community of these like-minded people who are on this journey to really be like, we get it. We know, you know, all the different deep, dark feelings that uh, you're going through right now. And this is a safe space for everybody on that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And thank you for providing that, um, that safe space to this community and to the women who are struggling to, to conceive. I feel like that's so important. And we need more people and practitioners like yourself who can really guide them back to feeling the way that they should feel. Right. I think, um, I want people to feel empowered. I want people to feel joyful and, um, purposeful on their journey, even if it takes a little bit of time. So, um, I want to go back to maybe even just thinking about that length of time too, the perseverance piece. What, what kept you going during those really challenging times? Because I don't know, you probably, did you have a community like this or what was it that propelled you forward to keep going after so long? You know, I think a, a lot of people would ask me that. And so I started my business and I had to really niche down and I, I was like, well, uh, maybe I'll do hormones or maybe I'll do digestion or whatever. And then all of a sudden it just clicked. And I was like, you know what? I want to do fertility. Uh-huh. And even though I'm on my own fertility journey and day after day, I would have clients who would be telling me about their fertility journey. Um, It took me out of my, my 
you know, um, concerns and focusing on myself all the time, you know, me, me, me. And it allowed me to open, you know, my heart up to other people, other women who were on the journey and really be able to help them emotionally, um, you know, and from a functional perspective as well. So I loved connecting with these women who were on the journey while I was on my journey. Now, of course, like in a professional setting, you don't, I didn't like share all of my stories or anything like that with, with my clients, but I was able to hear their, their stories. And I was able to just really empathize with them and, um, you know, let them know that you're one step closer, you know, one step closer by doing all of these amazing things for your body. You're just getting yourself one step closer to having your healthy baby. Mm. That's really beautiful too. And it's almost like this reciprocal relationship where you can be there to support them, but in a way they may not realize it, but they're also supporting you. Right. And helping you. That's beautiful. Yeah. They say, I think it's like some saying that it's like, you take your pain and you make that your purpose and Mm -hmm. really, you know, kind of honed in on that and utilize that. So I wasn't, um, like pushing that pain of, of fertility, the fertility journey da- deep down, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm in it. And I'm helping these women that are in it too, every single day. Oh, that's so encouraging. I, I love that so much. Thank you. Um, I'm, I want to explore too. So I feel like you're really unique in terms of your, your chef skills and your focus on food and nourishing. Let's explore that angle a little bit, maybe. And just, um, well, first off, I'm kind of curious, what got you into cooking or what instilled that passion in you? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, my <laughs> my mom was always a really good baker and my dad's side of the family, uh, they actually had a bakery like a long time ago. And so I think it was always kind of in my blood, I guess. And um, yeah, I just always loved it from a young age. And I don't have the mindset to be a baker. Like you have to be very scientific, very specific, <laughs> like that is not my style. So Cooking was definitely more my uh, forte where you can be really creative and I love using seasonal products. So I love, you know, really honing in on the seasons and you have, you know, ripe tomatoes in the summertime and then you have winter squashes in the winter and just like all of these beautiful seasonal foods. So you're not eating the same old thing every single day. And it's just kind of like this beautiful dance with nature and creativity. And then that pleasure piece that you had mentioned in the beginning, like those are my words, you know, it's really um, just make life, you know, uh, pleasurable. And how simple can that pleasure be with just like a beautiful meal that doesn't take any time at all and that can really nourish you and taste really delicious. Yeah, I love that. And food can just be so healing too. And as you said that, especially with eating seasonally, I feel like that correlates really well to our cycles too, right? So, you know, in the winter with your, your menstruation era, you really want to eat those nourishing foods, those warming foods, warming spices, things like that. And, um, I feel like there's such a beautiful, maybe marriage between the two, right. Of eating seasonally, eating that variety, and then also paying attention to your body throughout your cycle too. And that variety that you need from month to month as well. So, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And, and, you know, I think delving deeper into women's health and hormones and our bodies and everything, it just opened up that whole world of like, wow, we are all interconnected, you know, with the seasons and our menstrual cycle is so amazing. And, you know, we curse it all the time, kind of because we grow up cursing it and, and, you know, thinking that it's such a bad thing and that what women have to deal with and all these things. And yet it can really be our superpower if we know how to utilize it. And if we know 
to watch for the signs and signals that our body is always giving us that something is out of balance, right? Because our body is always telling us. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really um, incredible. I think the the wisdom that our body provides us on a month to month basis. Right. And sometimes I think we can just be so busy. So go, go, go that we don't always stop to pay attention. Um, but our body's been talking to us from the start and telling us, here's what I need. Here's what's, (laughs) here's what's off. Right. Um, let's get back on track and I'm here to support you. I think a lot of times during the fertility journey, we can maybe see our body as, as broken or maybe kind of fighting against us as the enemy is we're trying to get pregnant. But in reality, it's, it's supporting us the whole time and it wants what we want. Um, so yeah. even eating nourishing foods too, just really, to me is a great, almost form of praise for your body too. When you really take the time to eat something nourishing and delicious, it really, I don't know, it's not even just about the physical components of it, but I feel like it just nourishes your soul when you eat something yeah, that's really, good, really delicious, right? I think we've all had those meals where it's like, oh, I just... I needed that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. Cool. And so, um, I think I read too, that you, you offer maybe cooking classes and different things. So how do you incorporate food and the nutrition aspect into your business? Yeah. So, you know, I always ask my clients, I'm like, walk me through your day. Tell me, what do you do first thing in the morning? What do you have for breakfast? How do you drink your coffee? You know, all the different things I want to know. I want to know everything. And, um, and so we talk about it, we really dive deep and, and it's a shock for most people because no one has ever asked them about, wow, like such minute detail and like, what is in your oatmeal, you know, what type of cereal or what type of milk, or, you know, all of these different, uh, very detailed questions. And then we can get into like, okay, let's read the ingredients on that coffee creamer that you're using, you know, and like, let's talk about this. And this particular ingredient is causing inflammation in the body and we can switch it out with this other product that, you know, is more delicious and nutritious for your, for yourself. So, so and some people need a little bit more help and it's like, all right, let's, let's send over some recipes. Let's do a virtual, you know, cooking class. Let's like get into it because like you said, some people love to cook and some people don't, you know, and, but we all have to eat. And so, (laughs) you know, it's like, you have to find that, that balance and, kind of figure out your priorities and where your priorities lay. And I'm not the type of person that loves to spend hours in the kitchen. You know, I'm just as busy as everybody else. So I like to make these quick and short and simple meals for everybody and for myself included, because that's how I live. Mm, Yeah, that's so important. I think, I mean, it'd be nice to be able to create gourmet gourmet meals all the time. (laughs) We just, we don't have that time, right? And I think especially people who maybe aren't as familiar or as skilled in cooking, that can be a, a real challenge and you don't want people that to hold people back, I guess. Yes. Um, what are some of your favorite meals that you feel are really nourishing for fertility? I know there's the individuality piece, right? But what do you find that maybe works for the majority of your clients that um, are just really tasty, delicious type of meals? Yeah. yeah. So I do think that breakfast is an important meal, you know, and a lot of times we as busy modern day women, you know, where we're too busy to at breakfast. So maybe we just have coffee or a granola bar on the way out the door or a muffin or something like that. And, you know, you got to always pay attention that to those signs and symptoms that your body is giving you. Are you going to crash an hour later? Are you starving an hour later? You know, all of these things is your body's way of saying, Hey, like this isn't enough nutrients to fuel us for the day. So I do like to have good quality protein, fat and fiber for all of my meals and especially for breakfast. And so Sometimes this can be kind of stepping outside of the box and thinking like, 
not your typical normal American breakfast, which is cereal or pancakes or, you know, just like <laughs> things that we all grew up with. And so sometimes it's like if you have a rushed morning and you haven't had time to batch cook or do anything like that, maybe you just eat leftovers, you know, and I know it sounds a little weird and a little strange to have like, you know, the steak and potatoes that you had last night for dinner, but that is going to be so nutrient dense and so pleasing for your body. And it will literally take you five minutes to heat it up Mm -hmm. in in the pan, you know, so doesn't have to be fancy or anything like that. Um, but sometimes if I do have time, then I love to do like a little, um, you know, like a breakfast patty, um, uh, like a little meat patty. And in the, what I'd normally do is I don't get buy like already made sausage, unless it's really good quality sausage. I'll just get like either ground beef or ground pork. And I'll put all of my like seasoning and spices and maybe chop up some baby spinach or some tomato or something like that. And just make it like this, you know, smorgasbord of like a yummy meat patty, kind of like you would make a hamburger, you know, Mm -hmm. so just a little bit smaller than that. And then just cook it off. And I always like to have um, maybe a little bit of like sauerkraut or kimchi, like some kind of yummy fermented food. And these things, I know they might sound a little strange, but literally they take me five minutes, you know, to, to heat up the next morning. So just like really easy, really quick and nutrient dense. And that sounds delicious too. And I feel like you can really infuse so many different flavors when you start to do it yourself and really customize yes. it to what you're craving and lean yes. into that too. I think a lot of times our bodies tell us what we need with the cravings that we have as well. So paying attention to some of those and using that creativity in the kitchen to create something that your body really needs. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. And thinking too, like seasonally. So in the summertime, you know, maybe you want to have some more smoothies, but in the winter, my body is not craving a cold smoothie, you know, so maybe (laughs) my body is craving like a hot or a warm latte, you know, like a turmeric latte that you would put like coconut butter in it. And, you know, it would just be so yummy and creamy and delicious um, and nourishing for yourself. So I really like to think about that seasonal aspect as well. Yeah. I love that. I should probably give a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. If you make sure you eat something or have some sort of snack before you join, <laughs> I'm getting hungry thinking yeah. about that. Like, yes. that. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, I guess what's next for you in terms of your fertility journey? Where are you now? Um, what's next on the horizon? And let's explore that a little bit more. Yeah. So right now I am pregnant um, and I'm feeling... Thank you. And, you know, I'm feeling so good. And I really, I hear all these horror stories about, you know, pregnancy symptoms and different things like that. And I really, I, I'm not just saying it, but I attribute it to like the, all the beforehand work that I did. So that preconception care is such a missed opportunity. And even though, you know, we're on the fertility journey and we want our baby yesterday, um, we kind of have to change our mindset and think, you know what? we're given this time, this extra long time that sometimes we don't want, but we're given this time to really prepare our bodies to have the best pregnancy and the best, the most healthy baby. And that, and then for us to be the healthiest mom that we can be. And I think that that preconception care is missed. You know, they say that women plan uh, longer planning their weddings than they plan for, you know, to have a baby. Yes. It's like, oh my gosh, we need to like change this around so that we won't have all of this, you know, um, terrible pregnancy side effects or postpartum that's really, really bad. Or, you know, how many children do you see that are, um, 
you know, they have um, ADD or they have, you know, uh, so many allergies, so many, you know, gut issues, just different things like that. And we have to remember that what we put into our body really is the building blocks for that baby and building that baby up. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And that resonates with me as well, because I had the same experience during my pregnancy. I didn't have any morning sickness. It was pure bliss. And I know just a lot of my friends and other people too, where maybe they didn't have the opportunity or the gift of that preconception period where they really took time to plan. Um, pregnancy was hard. And I think you hear that in modern day society, right? Everybody's just like, oh, well, I'm pregnant. So I'm, I'm this, and I have this symptom and this symptom and this symptom, and it doesn't have to be that way. So, oh, I love that so much. And I think the more women that can learn this and take the time to do this ahead of time, the better. So um, it's amazing that you're helping women do that. And um, what a, what a great success story too, and a great way to be able to showcase that this works and, um, you know, to hang in there, but um, how far along are you? If you don't mind me asking, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. So I'm 14 weeks. So still, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, well, I guess too early to know what you're having then yet. Right. Well, I do know, but my husband doesn't know yet. So (laughs) he wanted to wait and I said, Oh, look, I've waited way too long. This is, (laughs) yeah, me and my husband, we wanted to know right away as soon as we did. Um, that's awesome. Well, I'm so happy for you. That's, that's incredible. I'm glad to hear that the pregnancy piece is going well too. Have you found too that the foods and really how you were nourishing your body pre-pregnancy is kind of the same now too, that it kind of maybe set you up for success with how you were already eating and nourishing your body? I do think that it set me up, set me up for success for sure. Um, I do find that my eating pattern patterns have definitely changed. I have to eat more and I have to eat smaller meals. Um, you know, whereas before I would always kind of preach, you know, three good square meals a day. And now I can't really fit in those big, you know, square meals. I have to have like little small meals throughout the day, which is very normal and, um, really can help with any kind of pregnancy nausea that, you know, you could have, it just really helps your blood sugar, um, you know, kind of just stay, uh, balanced and not go so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. That blood sugar, blood sugar balance is definitely really important. So, yeah. um, awesome. Well, that's great. That's great news. I'm so happy for you. Um, let's see. So in terms of the business then too, is there anything else that you wanted to share around what you're doing or how you help women? Yeah, absolutely. So the nest fertility, you know, this is something that my partner, my business partner, Dre and I are really excited about, and I can't wait for her to come on and share her story and tell all about it too. But it's a a space where we're going to have courses and memberships. And so literally something that is affordable for everybody. We, I really wanted to make that a priority because we had talked about, you know, how difficult, how much money you spend on if you have to go through IVF, first of all, that's incredibly expensive and most insurance doesn't cover it. But even before IVF, it's like all of the doctor's appointments or all of the supplements or all of the millions of things that you have to do on the fertility journey that maybe not a lot of other people had to struggle through. So it's like, can be so incredibly costly. We wanted to really have a, a group that was like, this isn't going to break the bank. This is going to be like a great, you know, uh, course and membership. If you wanted to, if you need that monthly support, you know, wherever you're at in your journey, you know, so just something really that, that, that was really important for us as well. I love that. I think that accessibility is so important because I truly believe too, that every woman, every woman needs access to this information and this level of support. 
Um, I wish it was standard care in our healthcare system. Unfortunately, it's not, but maybe one day we'll get there. Um, yeah. I'm just grateful that we have practitioners like yourself and, um, and with Drea and everybody too, that um, there are people out there to be able to support women through this. And thank you for making that accessible to the masses. I think that's incredible. Thank you. Awesome. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that you maybe wanted to share that was on your heart that you haven't got the opportunity to yet? Um, I think that it's okay to feel all of the feelings, you know, it's okay to feel anger and resentment and jealousy and sadness. I mean, I had like incredible sadness was like my, my thing, you know, it was like a big thing that I went through. And so feel all of those feelings, allow yourself to, you know, process through them. Don't just push, push them down. I think that that's a really big thing, you know, Um, we have a lot of shame around the fertility journey and I want to just kind of let people know that, you know, it's okay and normal to feel all of these different things, process through them. And then remember that you are more than just this fertility journey. Like you are so much more than that. So remember the things that you used to do before you were on this fertility journey, all of the hobbies and the different passions that you had, and, you know, maybe try testing some of those out again and see if they feel right for you in this moment. That is such, such great advice. And I think it can be really hard because during the fertility journey, a lot of emotions do come up, right. And it's hard to, it's hard to feel those. I think there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of um, sadness, like you mentioned too, where you just want to ignore those. You want to numb them out. You want to push them out. And, um, it really only makes it worse over time. So it's so important to take that time, feel what you're feeling and don't judge yourself for it. It's, it's okay to feel those emotions, right? It's okay to feel the jealousy when you see the, the pregnancy announcements. It's okay to feel triggered when you get asked, you know, when are you having kids? There's, there's so many things throughout the journey that I think, kind of fueled some of those emotions, but being able to kind of sit with yourself and know that it's okay and you're going to get through it and you're going to survive through it and may not feel like it in the moment, but you absolutely will. So that's, that's wonderful, wonderful advice. I love that. Yeah. And find that right support, you know, whoever that is, whether it's a group like, you know, the Nest Fertility or whether it's just like you found your core people, like it's very, very important to surround yourself with those people. So true. So, so true. Yeah. You need that support system. Don't go through it alone. There's, there's no need to, right. I mean, there's so many people out there that will help you. And, um, and there's a lot of people going through this journey. Sometimes it seems like, oh, I'm the only one who's not getting pregnant. I'm the only one who's struggling. Um, and I don't mean to downplay it, but there, there are literally millions of couples worldwide who are experiencing this. So you are absolutely not alone. And, um, that's definitely, it's not okay. I think that so many people are struggling with it. So I think you, me, we're all doing our part to sort of change that, but um, it can just feel so isolating when in reality you're not alone. Um, And there are people who can be here to support you. So that's excellent. Yes. Awesome. All right, Caitlin. Well, um, I think that's all the questions I had. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, friend, that's it for today. It was great catching up with you, though, and I can't wait to do it again next week. Can I just say, I really appreciate you being here, and it means so much that you took time out of your day to listen in. So what'd you think of the episode? Let me know if you enjoyed it by leaving a rating and review. It'll just take a second, and this simple act of generosity helps more women discover the podcast so they can feel supported on their fertility journey as well. Thank you for being so kind and paying it forward. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you're looking to connect with other women who are trying to get pregnant, 
then I've got just the place for you. Consider this your personal invitation to join the Fertility Friends community. It's a safe and supportive space to connect that's off of social media, and it's totally free. Head on over to blossomingfertility.com slash friends to join. I can't wait to welcome you inside. Take care, my friend.